0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode in our Public M&A series. My name is Antonia Kirkby and I'm joined here today by Stephen Wilkinson, who's an M&A partner here at Herbert Smith Freehills in London. So as we start a new year, we thought it would be interesting to talk about the activity levels and trends we saw in Public M&A last year and to look ahead and see what we might be able to expect as the 2021 unfolds. Stephen, shall we start with activity levels last year, and in particular, what impact the COVID-19 pandemic had?
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Antonia. Activity obviously dropped off in public M&A considerably, and not surprisingly, given what was going on in the world. This impacted especially in the first half of 2020. In that period, there were only 13 firm offers compared to 36 firm offers in the same period in 2019. But activity did very much pick up in the second half of the year when there were 28 firm offers made and whilst that's still down on the 38 that had been made in the same period in 2019 2019 remember was a pretty strong year and in that uh, second six months of 2020 nine of the bids made were valued at more than one billion pounds compared to only six in the same six month period in the year before and so from a slow start we ended up with total deal value in 2020 of around 37 billion compared to approximately 40 billion in 2019 which in value terms at least is not a bad result compared to the level of activity and actually what we lived through particularly in that first uh, six months of the year
0: Yes, I think if if we'd seen these known these numbers going to come out when sort of March, April last year, I don't think we'd ever have been this optimistic about the activity we'd see. In terms of other features, what other themes have we seen? Who were the buyers, for example?
1: Well, I think we've seen a few features over the last year. I, notably, I think we've seen a lot of bidders and potential bidders from North America. We've seen a high proportion of private equity bidders, certainly higher than in, in previous years in the deals that we've announced we've also seen several consortium bids the trig intact bid for royal sun alliance and tosca fund and penta capitals tie up in the bid for talk a couple of notable consortium bids over the year i think in the early part of the year premier on bids that premier to the targets undisturbed share price did increase, and we saw that reaching averages of over 60% points in in the first six months or so, reflecting the decline in the equity markets. But I think that position has probably stabilised to some extent. We haven't seen a great rush of share deals, and certainly not in the volumes that some had thought likely. We haven't really seen any significant change in the proportion of hostile as compared to recommended deals, only 2% of the deals in 2021 were hostile compared to 5% in the year before. The G4S and Codemasters bids were a couple of notable exceptions to that decline.
0: Thanks, Steve. That's interesting on the activity side. So if we move away from that and and sort of look more towards the takeover code and panel and regulatory development side, have we seen any significant developments at all in the past year?
1: Not significant on the panel side. There have been some minor changes as a result of Brexit largely resulting in there no longer being a concept of shared jurisdiction between the panel and other European regulators going forward. A panel decision which got a lot of coverage in the first half of the year was the ruling requiring the bidder for MOSBROS to continue its offer where that bidder, Brigadier, had sought to invoke a material adverse change condition. You'll remember that that was a firm offer announcement made shortly after the WHO had declared the coronavirus as a global pandemic, the panel had not allowed the condition to be invoked, reiterating uh, the level of materiality required to satisfy a MAC condition in particular. That's been the subject of another of our podcasts, so I won't go into the detail of that. Beyond the code itself, I think the main change was the expansion of transactions in which the government can intervene on national security grounds with the publishing of the National Securities and Investments Bill. And the scope of intervention widened both in terms of sectors requiring mandatory notifications and a lowering of turnover thresholds, which could bring a particular transaction under review.
0: Thanks. So there hasn't been a huge amount of change, as you say, in the the past year. As we look ahead, what do you think 2021 will bring?
1: So it's very difficult to predict in current markets, but I think the signs are that public bid activity will hold up with a number of bidders still looking to take advantage of lower equity markets and perhaps seeing those as an opportunity to execute uh, long coveted deals. And as part of that, I think we may see more consortium arrangements to bring off the larger deals in particular. And again, private equity looking to feature strongly in all of this. I don't think the impact of Brexit has yet been particularly significant we now have separate clearance regimes, remember, for, for Europe and the UK, and some deals may now fall below the thresholds for the European merger clearances as a result. And that means that the CMA is likely to be reviewing 40 to 50 percent more cases in their own estimations, and also that bidders may have to look at more national jurisdiction clearances within Europe if the uh, supervening European merger regulation doesn't apply as a result of the UK falling out of Europe. I've mentioned the National Security and Investments Bill already. I think this is going to become an area which will require more careful attention. Some deals are going to need mandatory notification, some voluntary, and we've seen already and we're likely to continue to see conditions being included in public deals at least I'd say until we have a little more clarity over the factors which will impact uh, the decision making. And finally, we've forthcoming changes to the takeover code regime, which we expect to see published in the spring and to come into effect at the end of the summer. The key changes will be to harmonize the approach to the conditions relating to clearance for EU and UK merger regimes on the one hand, to bring them into line with the position for clearances from regulators elsewhere in the world on the other hand, and making the ability of a bidder to invoke all of those conditions subject to a materiality threshold. But there will be some other changes, particularly to the code timetable. So they will need to be carefully examined and worked through. We covered the NSI bill and the likely code changes in a little more detail in a separate podcasts. So I won't go into those in so much detail.
0: Yeah, thanks. I think you're right. Coming the year ahead, the National Security Investment Bill in particular, I think, will be interesting to track through how that comes into force and its impact. And as you say, later in the year, we've got the takeover changes, which will have a lot of very detailed changes, particularly for us lawyers, perhaps less so for sort of practitioners in the real world. But there will be quite a few changes for people to get to grips with, so um, some work ahead of us this year. Thanks, Stephen, for your insights and sharing those with us today. And thank you, too, to our listeners. We really welcome any feedback or thoughts you have on our public MA podcast series and any areas you'd like to see discussed in future episodes. And you can find and listen to other episodes in the series on our website, herbertsmithfreehills.com. But thank you for joining me today, and we'll speak again soon. Thanks.